The Fantasy Hockey Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head over to BetterFantasy.com backslash SGPN. That's BetterFantasy.com backslash SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io backslash SGPN. That's SoBet.io backslash SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Hello and welcome into the Fantasy Hockey Podcast presented by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am your host, Justin Bruni. Joining me as always is my co-host, Nick Olzak. Happy Sunday, sir. How are we doing? Doing good, doing good. Uh, spent the last week dominating our fantasy hockey league and uh, spent the weekend dominating coaching hockey. So that was a big plus right there. The kids turned the corner uh, post-tournament, huh? Yeah, post-tournament. Uh, they came out first game of the playoffs and uh, they got a one nothing win. Hey, okay. First win of the season. Fi- took all the way to playoffs to finally start uh, getting it together. But mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately today we dropped a close one. Uh, it was t- Two to one with an empty net or so, three to one. But yeah, you gotta get them. Uh, gotta get that scoring the up there. Oh, I know. It's been a struggle for my kids all year. Well, at least got a recent victory. That's always good. So it was good. Sounds mm-hmm. like the uh, the fun at the tournament, you know, rolled over to the regular season play, which is always nice to have. That little upswing of morale is always always good. Can't hate on that. Well done, Coach O. Um, how's uh, week eighteen looking though? I mean, you said you're uh, you're racking up a bunch of points, but uh, what's uh What's the deal? Who's pulling you along the way here? So uh, this week, uh, I'm playing against Breadwinners, the first place team in our league, who's 16 and 1, myself being 14 and 3. And Mm -hmm. I hold a convincing lead. And I think this is probably a record for me with 539.7 to 452.4. A lot of the guys that have been stepping it up for me this week, Cole Caulfield, talked about him last week for uh, DFS, someone you should get on. He got right on that train right away. Started putting up a lot of points this week. Uh, Freddie Anderson, three starts, three wins. Um, I think that. his worst start, he only he had, uh, what was it, 18 points. Let in mm. three goals, but saw 38 shots. Uh, the other two games he played, he played today, only let in one. Then the other one, he got a shutout. So he was a really big piece to the team. And also, uh, Patrick Line, he's been hitting at a major high this week. Uh, mm. He really... Came through the last few days for me. Had a lot of games on the schedule. Fortunately, his 11-game uh, point streak came to an end. But uh, mm-hmm. he was still able to be a solid producer for the fantasy team this week. We'll see what he's doing right now. They're playing the the Penguins right now. Mm-hmm. He is not doing much. A couple of shots on goal. That's it so far. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, see, he's got about 27 fantasy points for you. I was checking out the the score here. Where'd it go? Oh, I guess I just lost that page. But I saw Patrice Bergeron was also doing well. Devin Taves, some solid contributors there. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week is kind of a lull for me. I mean, I'm, I've put up like 325. I certainly wouldn't want to be in your matchup playing the winner or the loser. But luckily enough, uh, I'm playing 11th place and, you know, pretty checked out they have. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, I've haven't needed to be aggressive or as aggressive we'll say on the waiver wire uh some guys have taken some some lower weeks so you know and i, I haven't picked up somebody that's just you know throws up a hat hat trick no big deal you know i know i've been doing <laughs> that like back to back to back weeks uh but shout yeah. out to uh david Perron who did put up two goals today so pretty close shut out our blackhawks for nothing what else is new uh, although that eight to five win up against New Jersey, that would have been a that would have been a track meet I would have liked to attend. That's for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Being a Blackhawks and Devils fan, but let's dive into our waiver wire waiver wire battles. Excuse me. That's going to be the topic of today's show. We're going to be going through the waiver wire and talking about matchups. Um, you know whether we're adding this guy or the other. You know, typically when you're looking at adding someone in, in fantasy hockey, you know you're not getting to pick up everybody, right? We've got tough decisions to make, so we're going to be going over. Uh, tough decisions for ads and drops as well. Uh, so first up here, we have Nick Schmaltz versus Nino Niederreiter. Which direction are you going here, Nick? If you're looking at the waiver wire, these are the two names that are popping off to you. Which one are you going to go with? You know, it's actually funny because uh, in our league, I'm a Nick Schmaltz holder and you're a Nino Niederreiter holder. So for that true. reason alone, I'm going to have to go with uh, Nick Schmaltz. I really like what he's doing on Arizona. His ice time's going up. He's been a key contributor to all of these close games. And, you know, uh, those games and getting those ice times, those looks, that's going to make him a better fantasy player, getting a lot of shots on goal. And while Nino Niederreiter uh, plays on a better team, he's not getting as much ice time. He's getting right. more 13, 14, some, a couple nights he gets 16. Well, Niederreiter, some games he's topping out uh, close to 22 minutes a game. So I like uh, Nick Schmaltz in this one at only uh, 10% roster. Uh, he is definitely someone that you should grab for sure. I actually had him today, and unfortunately, he didn't do anything. But I think mm-hmm. uh, with his ice time combined with the shots and production, I think he's someone that could be a pretty solid pickup down the stretch. Right, right, and he's just playing well more so recently. Uh, he has he hasn't had the 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 best production across the entire season. He has twenty five points in thirty three games, so. Not great, but not terrible either. He's also a minus one on the season. I'm not sure what today's production brought. If he's you know now positive, uh, yeah, I don't see the score of that game there. I do know they lost. I think it was four three or four to two. Um, Nino Niederreiter, like you said, plays on a better team, a little bit of a you know better up upside to you know not hurt your roster. You know he's, he's not going to go negative more than likely. He has three goals and four assists in his last ten games. But Nick Schmaltz has been on fire. Like through his last seven days, or through the last week, he's had. Uh, 16 fantasy points through the last 14 days. He had 11.78 on the 25th. I believe he scored two goals. That was his birthday. So we're uh, you know swinging into that birthday season production, perhaps. And I like his matchups this week. You know, you've got Colorado, not great, but Ottawa, Detroit, and Toronto. After that, uh, teams that allow a fair amount of shots on net, so a good amount of scoring opportunity coming up uh, in his um, upcoming matchups. I'm going to swing towards Nick Schmaltz, even though I picked up. Nino Niederreiter, because in all fairness, you know, you got to Nick Schmaltz first. So that's, that was, that's what was left over for me. And you had mentioned the playing time, Nick Schmaltz, he's on line one, he's a line one winger and he's a a center on the first power play. Nino Niederreiter, 
Line three plays on the second power play, so a little bit less upside there. Uh, Niederreiter has been playing well recently. He has two goals in his last three games and an assist uh, through that stretch. And on the season, you know, he's a, he averages six fantasy points per game. Through the last week, he's averaged twelve. So he's he's playing um, you know pretty good himself. Uh, but I lean towards Nick Schmaltz here. All right, next up we've got uh, Colton Pareko of the St. Louis Blues versus Brady Shea of the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, which way are you going, bud? Um, I like Colton Pareko all day on this one. Uh, his ice time is there, a little bit more than Brady Shea, to say the least. Um, and simply, mm-hmm. Pareko's hot, too, and the team is hot. They've won their last four now uh, with the win against Chicago today. I didn't see right. uh, Pareko's production, but in the games that he did play on a three-game winning streak, he was a plus mm-hmm. two, a plus three, and a plus three. So he's getting a plus minus. He's ranging around two to four shots a game, which is always a plus. And he has mm-hmm. been a main main go-to on that St. Louis Blues defense, playing uh, some games, you know, 26 minutes a night uh, the other night against mm-hmm. Buffalo, or 24 minutes, 25 minutes. He's getting that ice time, and he is a go-to guy. Brady Shea, on the other hand, another really solid player. While uh, he is a plus 14 opposed to Pareko's minus four, I just don't mm-hmm. see as much upside. I see Pareko more as a top two defenseman, Shea more right. as a top four kind of guy. And it shows, again, with his ice time, he's right around that 21-minute range. Well, again, you have a guy like Pareko with that 26-minute mark. And I think with those defensemen, a lot of guys that can play a lot of those big minutes, uh, I think that's definitely huge for fantasy because the more they're on the ice, they're more, the more they're going to produce. I do like Brady Shea's blocks, though. He is someone that gets in front of the puck a lot. But like I said, at the end of the day, I like Colton Pareko because mm-hmm. I just see him more as a top-two option opposed to Brady Shea who I think is more of the top four defenseman in Carolina. Right. Se- season long, their production is pretty similar. You know, you got Colton Pareko, six goals, 15 assists. Brady Shea, seven goals, 15 assists. Big difference that you see here is the plus minus production. Colton Pareko, he's a minus four. However, through his last eight games, he's a plus 14. So that means prior to these last eight games, he was a minus 18. So he's really climbing up the, those numbers. He's really making those things um, making those things rise. Brady Shea, on the other hand, he's just a plus 14 right now. And through the last eight games or so, I want to say he's a zero. Yeah, he's a zero through the last eight games. Shea also has a little bit more production. Through that same stretch of games, Pareko has one goal and two assists. Shea has one goal and four assists. The big difference that you're seeing here is that Pareko is not going negative on the plus-minus column, and he's just being very, very consistent with those shots and blocks. I mean, you're not seeing a ton of production here. Like I said, three points in just la- the last eight games, you know, but he's mm-hmm. being added at a, at a pretty high rate right now. He's plus two across the last day. Uh, I want to say plus 6% across the last two. Only 29% rostered, though. Brady Shea, 17%. I feel like both of these guys should be owned just based on Pareko's upswing right now, like he's playing really well. They both average right around five and a half fantasy points per game on the season. However, Pareko across the last week and, and 14 days, he's closer to like 10 or 12 fantasy points per game, where Brady is just closer to like right around six, six and a half. So right. Brady's also playing above his season-long average, which, which is nice. Um, but Pareko's playing at a much, much higher uh, rate just based on being on the ice at the right time. And sometimes that's all you need. You know, this upcoming week, you have quite a few games. I believe we take next week through to the sixth. So he has, yeah, three games next week. The Rangers, Islanders, and New Jersey. Uh, I lean his way. Uh, This upcoming week, uh, Brady Shea actually has four games, the first, third, fourth, and sixth. So I think both of these guys have um, plenty of upside, but I do lean with Colton Pareko here over 
over Brady Shea. Pretty close call. All right, next up, we've got a couple of hot goaltenders. We've got Scott Wedgwood of the uh, Phoenix Coyotes and JF uh, Barube of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who's just getting into action this season. Uh, which way are you going here, Nick? It's pretty close. You know, this is a really, really hard one, but I probably have to go uh, Scott Wedgwood on this one. Scott Wedgwood uh, been a got huge uh, part of the Arizona Coyotes team. Um mm-hmm seeing 40, 30 shots a game, and he's been doing that consistently all year. He has shared the net with Karel Vamelka, but when he does get in, he holds the team on his shoulders. We saw a couple nights mm-hmm. ago put up a win against the Knights where he made 43 stops, a couple losses against the Stars, but a, uh, sorry, a win against the Stars and a loss against the Kings. Both of those games he saw uh, uh, 35 shots and uh, made 32 saves. And so I like his, uh, even though he's on Arizona, I do like mm-hmm. his save numbers because he's seeing all those shots. So even when the team does lose, he is uh, still getting a lot of fantasy points. Um, I actually had him today, and while he did let up four goals against Winnipeg, still got seven mm-hmm. fantasy points uh, late in the matchup. So I'll take it. JF Barube, on the other hand, he's a whole different story because he's a guy who bounced around the NHL, the AHL, Bounced around mm-hmm. all over. Finally gets his chance with oh, some yeah. injuries in Columbus. Uh, gets to show his stuff uh, in a 7-3 win against Buffalo. Makes 33 saves. Then uh, gets he's better. Had over then 30 he saves plays- in every appearance so far. Yeah. And so he, then he plays Toronto. Uh, makes another 39. Uh, then he make, plays for the Panthers. Beats the Panthers. Makes another 39. But then... Unfortunately, his winning streak snapped against uh, the Carolina Hurricanes the other day mm-hmm. um, with a 50 shots on loss. <laughs> yeah, he saw 50 shots. <laughs> and uh, with that Columbus Blue Jackets defense not providing any support, uh, Barube right. has really, been, again, another one of those guys, put the team on his shoulders, played some really solid hockey since he's been with the team. When you can upset mm-hmm. teams like uh, Florida and Toronto, I think it means your goaltender's doing something right especially when he's seeing that many shots. And, uh, no, I think uh, it's definitely a close call, though, because they're both doing really well. But I got to go Wedgwood just because he's got more long-term production. But it's definitely a close one. It was – I had to think about this one for a minute or two before we even got into this because of how close it was. Right. I'm going to lean towards Barube just because I believe the the Blue Jackets have more upside for wins. You know, when, when you look at Wed, when you look at Wedgwood, he has uh, three wins in his last five starts. Barube's already got him in his last four, and you just look at the offense that his team provided through that stretch. You know, the Coyotes only have 14 wins on the season. The Blue Jackets are 27, 24, and one. I don't know what the record is of Phoenix, but it's not. I mean, they only have 14 wins. They're not, they're not very good. Where'd you go, Arizona? 14, 35, and four. So I just feel like the offense and the defense in front of them, you know, just is better in, in Columbus. I feel like it's going to be a better situation between the two. Both of these guys are just six percent uh, rostered. Wedgwood has seven wins across the entire season, and three of them came out of his last five. Barube has, you know, three wins to start the season, three out of his first four. Obviously, we'd like to see some better defense here. You know, you know, some less shots on net guy. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, you know, uh, like we said, fifty. Uh, 42, 42, 36. Like that is a lot of work for a guy that's just getting off the sofa, getting on the, uh, getting on the ice here. So, uh, love the production. I think it's going to be pretty close down the stretch. You know, I, I, I do see Barube probably slowing this rate down a little bit. Um, may have a stinker every now and again, same for, you know, Wedgwood. 
who didn't play that well today. He let in uh, four, and I guess there was an empty netter. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was four, yeah. No, four, four, three game and then an empty netter. So, yeah, four out of 37, so another 41 shots today. Like, uh, also seeing a lot of work, but I just don't trust the Coyotes as much as I trust a team like the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are actually up right now at home up against the Penguins with uh, 10 minutes left in the third. So, you know, they get the the those random uh, wins every now and again up against pretty good teams, and they have a winning record. So I just lean that direction. Uh, that's the uh, the edge maker for me. Yeah, one thing I think that's interesting with Berube's stats is in all the games he plays, while he has a 3.25 goals against average, he has a 924 mm-hmm. save percentage. That just shows how many shots this guy is facing. When you can have that high of a goals against average and also mm-hmm. have that high of a save percentage at the same time. Well, Wedgwood's not that far off. He's 3.02, and he's at 90%. So, I mean, pretty pretty similar. I mean, we're talking about mm-hmm. like a fraction of a goal difference and fraction of a save difference, literally. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we've got uh, a couple of New York Islanders. You know, I was talking some trash about the Islanders last week. We don't want none of them. Well... Don't pick more than one, that's for sure. So, Zach Parise versus Brock Nelson. Uh, which way are you going here? I like Brock Nelson on this one. Um, I believe he's on that second line. And, uh, he is. Yeah, Parise has moved up to the first with uh, Matthew Barzell out right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they're just throwing the kitchen sink out there and with the Islanders, mm-hmm. trying to get something going, moving around guys. And Brock Nelson seems to have found his home on the second line, and it showed in his production. Um, he's got goals, and it looks like uh, four of his last five games, um, mm-hmm. 19 goals on the year. Well, he is a minus three, the goals and the shots, he's uh, been able to start making up for that. And Because uh, minus the game uh, the other night against the Kings, if you look at his shots, he's got five, three, six, four, two. Like, he's mm-hmm. shooting the puck. He's getting the puck to the net. A lot of offense there. On the other hand, you have a guy like Zach Parise. Who's still a viable option, definitely, but I just don't see as much upside to him. I see Nelson as someone that stays on the Islanders' top six long term. Parise, mm-hmm. I think he will get moved down to the third and fourth line again. You know, being a veteran player, not being the younger Zach Parise that he uh, used to be, I see mm-hmm. him getting uh, moved down down the stretch for sure. But definitely, both of them would be a good addition. But at the end of the day, I just got to go Brock Nelson. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, Zach Parise just getting a little bit of extra playing uh, time right now in the first line with Matthew Barzell out. Uh, he should be back in a, less than a handful of days, handful of days. Uh, Parise has been nice filling in for him on that top spot. Four goals, four assists through his last nine games. Brock Nelson, just six points, five goals, one assist through his last nine. So Parise does have the, the points advantage more so recently. Uh, he's played in 48 games to Brock Nelson's 39. Uh, Parise just has 21 points through those 48 games. So very, very slow and muddy start for the 37-year-old um, now winger, I guess. Ha- what has been a center is now a winger. Uh, Brock Nelson, on the, on the other hand, has uh, 28 fantasy points through 39 games, so a little bit more trustworthy rate of play there. But like I said, Preezy, last seven days, 12.78 fantasy points, rock solid. Uh, Nelson across that same stretch, or even the last two weeks, uh, just around eight points per game. So Nelson has that scoring touch. Freezy's getting a little bit of extra action playing on the top line. Also does get that power play uh, action now with Barzal out as well, but just not something that I'm buying to continue. Like just not something that I'm interested in go- going out and putting on my team now because I'm just going to wind up dropping him. And honestly, I'll probably wind up dro- dropping Brock Nelson as well. He was a minus four in his last game, and they've got a game up today up against uh, Anaheim. I don't trust him in that one. So um, also Colorado coming up, not great. 
Uh, got a nice matchup against Vancouver on the third. So between the two, if, if you have to decide between one Islander or the other, uh, maybe it's a scheduling issue or, um, you know, you just have no one else to add or drop, I would go with Brock Nelson. All right, next up, we've got another goaltender duel. We've got Casey DeSmith versus Miko Koskinen. Which way are you going here? Uh, I think I definitely got to go Miko Koskinen all day. DeSmith is mm-hmm. definitely in that defined backup role behind Kristen Jari. When he does come in, he can get it done, except uh, in that other game the other night against New Jersey. Outside of that, been pretty solid this year. On the other hand, you have a guy like Miko Koskinen, who's been uh, in and out of the lineup. I know he was out for a while. Now he's back in. Um, sharing the net with Mike Smith. Definitely a lot of upside for him. Team took a couple hard losses to Tampa and Minnesota. Rebounded mm-hmm. recently against uh, the Panthers. And then unfortunately mm-hmm. dropped one of the Hurricanes today. But nonetheless, uh, there's a lot of upside for this Oilers team. After firing Dave Tippett, there's been a lot of, uh, lot of room for improvement. And that uh, improvement is shown lately in their last few games. And so I really like Hoskinen with him splitting the starts with Mike Smith. And uh, mm-hmm. I like the schedule here, too, because you've got Philly, Chicago, Montreal, and Calgary uh, in the next four games. And so I could see Koskinen starting at least one or two of those. Definitely, mm-hmm. um, I could see probably the Montreal game, maybe the Chicago game he gets in. And so I think there's a lot of upside for Koskinen with uh, the upcoming schedule. And uh, he's been he's been all right this year. And uh, DeSmith just doesn't have the games under his belt. So for that, I'm going Koskinen. Yeah, DeSmith definitely lacks the the opportunity that Koskinen has. But um, I it's, it's tough for me because Koskinen is going to continue to split time. I feel like mm-hmm. the rate of play for both of these guys is going to be similar down the stretch, uh, which is probably going to be somewhere between like eight and 10 fantasy points a game. Mm. Miko, that's what he's averaged on the season. That's what he's averaged across the last 30, 14, and seven days, anywhere between 10.20 to 10.94 fantasy points. So that's like, he has like no ceiling or no floor. He's just, I can get you about 10 points a game, and that's about it on average, right? Right. So he's going to have those highs and lows, and you kind of see that from their team. Like, he had 44 saves in his last game, but his previous two starts didn't even total 44 saves. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. just kind of weird. Um, didn't yeah. have a great game up against Minnesota. I see them just kind of trading goalies. I don't think Koskinen or Smith are the answer. I think they're both not great, to be honest with you. Like, if you look at right. mm-hmm. Koskinen versus DeSmith's uh, goals against average, 0.5 of a difference. Um, mm-hmm. Two two-point difference on their save percentage. I'm sorry, that's zero. 0.002 difference in their save percentage. Like as far as like talent goes and what they show from their save and goaltending numbers, like they're, they're, they're pretty similar. So I like DeSmith more because he plays on a better team. I trust mm-hmm. the Penguins defense more than I trust the Oilers, but Koskinen probably still going to get a little bit more opportunity because he split with Mike Smith and obviously Mike Smith isn't Tristan Jari. So for that, I do lead, lean towards him. Mm-hmm. All right. Last one up here. Poor Evan Rodriguez. We always got to pick on him, but this is going to kind of segue us into our drop segment. Who would you rather have, Nick, uh, Ricard, Raquel, or Evan Rodriguez? Rodriguez is still 38% rostered despite his just like awful play as of, as of late, but I feel like people just constantly are going back to him, betting on him to kind of turn the corner again. What do you think between these two? Yeah, I think you got to go Raquel all day. Uh, Raquel playing on that second line in Florida with Maxime Comtois and Trevor mm-hmm. Zegris. He's getting a lot of opportunities there in uh, Anaheim, playing on the first power play. 
with Ryan Getzlaff and Sonny Milano. <clears throat> and so I think there's definitely a lot of opportunity for him to get production. It showed in the last few games. Fortunately, didn't get anything going in his last game against the Kings. But then he had two goals against the Sharks, a goal against the Canucks, and then uh, an assist up against the Oilers. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, he, his production's there. He's been picking it up. He's got on a solid line, like I said, with Zegers and Comtois on the power play. Um, and, yeah, you look at a guy like Evan Rodriguez, just one of those guys we talk about. I feel like we talk about him every week, but uh, just had a really hot start without Crosby and Malkin. And then now that those guys are back in the lineup playing a big role and everything, he's fallen to uh, almost a low second line, you know, third line role. And in yep. tight fantasy leagues, you can't have that. I think mm-hmm. Evan Rodriguez could be someone definitely you could plug in if you really need a game in that tight matchup or whatever on like a Sunday night or something. But I don't see him having any value past that. And so for that, I'm going to go Raquel because we've also talked about two all year when we talk about our drop is Evan Rodriguez is always at the top of our list. So I don't see any reason why he should be at the top of our list of guys to add. 38% rostered still. He has, was at 34 points through 54 games, excuse me, mm-hmm. to Raquel's 25 points through 44. So similar rate of play to a, de- to a degree, but Raquel, he's just a guy right now. Like Rodriguez, he averages six fantasy points, 6.65 to be exact, on the season per game. Mm-hmm. In the last 14 days, in the last 30 days, he's averaging between 2.3 and 2.6 fantasy points a game. Like his value is absolutely in the basement. The best he can do right now is get the puck on net, He's got one goal and one assist in the last 10 games. Uh, Ricard, six goals, one assist through his last eight. It's not amazing production, but season long, he averages six and a quarter fantasy points per game across the last mm-hmm. month it's, um, and a couple weeks here. He's, he's ranging between 7.8 and 7.72. So a little bit of an uptick there. Uh, playing on that second line, like you mentioned now, with Trevor Zegras, who is uh, actually demoted from the top line. Um, they they filled in uh, up top with Ryan Getzloff and moved down Zegers, uh, hopefully to boost his confidence and mm-hmm. play a little bit better defense, get a couple extra um, uh, more efficient matchups, I guess. Um, right. So he's just not constantly going negative uh, in our box scores for us. So um, Anaheim Ducks, we we appreciate that. Uh, we are going to shift over to our waiver drop battles, uh, but before we do, we are going to hit a quick word from our sponsors. Be right back. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, and of course, college football. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Check out the bet $5 to win 400 in free bets. Also, you can win a VIP trip to Shaq's Funhouse in Los Angeles. Bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own Bet feature and earn a chance to win a once-in-a-lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Funhouse, two nights at Win Las Vegas, a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook, and a $5,000 travel credit. You can't beat it. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Are you ready to play? Sign up today and receive a special offer, risk-free, $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. 
Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair. Then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors, just like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. Okay, and we're back. We are doing waiver wire duels and battles. Uh, we are going to shift over to our waiver wire drops. So our first uh, uh, matchup here, excuse me, we have Mason Marchment versus Ryan Hartman. Um, the guy who's been hot recently versus the guy who was hot to start the season, essentially. Uh, who are you dropping here, Nick? Um, I think it's really hard to say, but I def- I got to go with Ryan Hartman. Uh, mm-hmm. He's really showing no value as of late. He's been in the negatives at the toilet bowl of Minnesota. The team's not doing good. His ice time's going down. Plus, minus mm-hmm. has been atrocious lately. What is that? Minus five in his last three games and mm-hmm. a minus nine, nine in his last yeah. five. And right, there's... Yeah. There's no value to that whatsoever. I mean, a couple assists in there. But even then, mm-hmm. uh, I think he's only had one goal in the month of February, which is pathetic. There, he should be held to a higher standard playing on a Minnesota Wild team. This mm-hmm. should be uh, playoff bound, one of the teams that's a go-to team to uh, go go far in the Central. And so, um, yeah, I'm really surprised about Ryan Hartman because we talked about him a lot earlier in the Ooh. year. Uh, such Those a good start to the season. Props. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were uh, always hitting. He was always shooting the puck, always getting production. And so, yeah, I definitely got to go Mason Marchman, who's really emerging on that Florida bottom six. Someone who's uh, been a difference maker there for sure. He comes it should up be, with that. It should be noted that Mason Marchman has been promoted to line one. Oh. Okay. He has been promoted to line one, and he is on the second power play unit as a – uh, point player so they, they put him at the point try to drive more shots to the net so yeah mm-hmm. he has been promoted to line one and ryan hartman has d- been demoted to line three so ryan oh. hartman is now a line three line three center but man it's so tough because ryan hartman has 37 points in 50 games that's that's really nothing to you know kick off your squad but mm-hmm. right now he just does not have it you know i've been talking about these per game averages season long this is this is crazy how bad it's turned here Ryan Hartman, season long, 8.12 fantasy points per game. Can you oh, guess his rate in the last week? Uh, probably like one and a half. Lower. Oh, my. Uh, 1.15. 1.15 across the last seven days. Across the last two weeks, mm-hmm. 2.83. Across the last month, 3.14, like these numbers are cut in half and half and half as time goes on. Mason Marchment, you know, he's played in what? 20, do, do I have the games down? 28 mm-hmm. games, 28 points. 28 mm-hmm. games, 28 points. They're both a plus 25. Ryan Hartman, like you just mentioned, he was a minus nine through his last five. That means he was what? A, a plus 34, you know, prior to mm-hmm. February 18th, he was a plus 34. Right. He's already mm-hmm. down to plus 25. Like, uh, it's it's just not there for me. Mason Marchman's stock is just soaring right now. I'm interested to see what continues to happen with him. He just got his first game with that top lineup against Edmonton, where he logged the most minutes he's played in his last 10, which is at 18 and a half minutes. If he continues to get production like that, 
uh, yeah, uh, or opportunities like that. I should say he didn't have any production in the game. He was a minus mm-hmm. one, but he had five shots on net. So right. the last time he had five shots on net, he had a hat trick. I have to imagine that mm-hmm. he's going to continue with his pace of play here. Um, and he's really clicking with everybody. If, if it wasn't just the, you know, the the third line with with Reinhardt and Lundell now, you know, they're saying you're you know you're good enough to get up with the, the with the top guys like Huberto. So I'm with it. I'm give me Marchman all day. Um, you know, honestly, like his scoring this this past week has not been great. Like season long, he's averaging eight point five seven, and this month alone, it's eleven point nine eight. But this past week, it's like four point three. Like it's it's not very good. But it also hasn't been bad. Like his last games, two and a half, five point eight, four fantasy points, four point nine. Like it's not great, no, but it's not bad either. He had two assists across that stretch. Like it could be a lot better, but it could also be a lot worse. So um, mm-hmm. definitely a situation to follow. Definitely a situation to follow. Ryan Hartman's dog meat. He's done. It's <laughs> ouch. It feels terrible to say. Right. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got Eric Johnson versus Oliver Shillington. Who you got, Nick? Uh, this one's a weird one because they're both uh, they're both equally bad right now, to say the least. I yeah. mean, yeah, yeah. There's you gotta uh, get rid of one though. Yeah, you know, if you got to get rid of one, I'd probably say Eric Johnson. Uh, again, mm-hmm. ice time is very even. Production, not really much there for either of them. Uh, plus minus, I mean, Shillington has a little bit of an edge. Um, shots on goal, Johnson has an edge by one. But, uh, yeah, they, they're both terrible. And so if you <laughs> had to pick they're – bo- they're both terrible. So, yeah, if you had to pick someone, I would get rid of Eric Johnson just because of uh, – Shillington being on the Calgary Flames, they've mm-hmm. won every game they've played since January 30th, except uh, February or the other night. Vancouver. Yeah, they had a yeah. barn burner yeah. or, <laughs> against uh, the Canucks. But even in that game, he finished mm-hmm. even. He was uh, yeah. a zero and plus minus, had one shot on goal and two blocks, had mm-hmm. almost three, three fantasy points. Like, neither of these guys are clicking right now. Johnson on the season has a total of 16 points and he's a plus 19. Uh, Shillington, he is a uh, plus 27 and has 24 points. So I just lean that way. Like you mentioned, just on a better team, both have very similar production. But Eric Johnson has owned at a much higher rate, 39% to Shillington's 23. I think that's just that name brand uh, mm-hmm. value. So, you know, you see a name that you know on the waiver wire, like, oh, yeah, he plays for Colorado. They're a good team. Maybe people aren't as in the know if they're not aware that Calgary is just like absolutely on fire in flames, literally. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You know, they may not be aware of Shillington. Most people can't pronounce his name. I was that person like not that long ago. Like, (laughs) it just doesn't make sense how some of these people spell their goddamn names. Doesn't, don't get it, but whatever. Uh, Yeah, Shillington, a little bit more upside, a little bit more upside, uh, but Johnson, not that far behind. Johnson would be the one off the the roster for me. All right, next up we have Alex Tuck versus Chandler Stevenson. Who you got, Nick? Um, I think I got to go with probably Chandler Stevenson. Um, he's a guy yeah. I really had high hopes on this year. Uh, he was starting out the year on that uh, Vegas first line, did really well, mm-hmm. got injured, came back, hasn't been the same since. Um, right. He's got a couple games every once in a while where he can put up a decent amount of points, but at the end of the day, I think there's slightly more upside to Alex Tuck. I think he's a bigger role player on that Buffalo team. Even mm-hmm. though he's not amazing, he's still someone that plays a bigger role in their lineup. And so uh, he his production is a little bit more there. And he's mm-hmm. gone on a couple hot streaks. So, yeah, I, I like Alex Tuck. Definitely drop Chandler Stevenson for sure. 
Right. It's it's really tough with with this situation here because you have a guy like Alex Tuck that's playing above a point per game rate since coming in with on with the Sabres, which was something that I actually did predict that he was he was going to hit that uh, level of production point per game. But man, he's a minus five in his last four games. You know, like mm. sorry, a minus six in his last six. Like it's not great. He's still a plus three on the season, but he does go through these stretches where he just can't get anything up because the Sabres are just so, so bad. Through that stretch mm -hmm. of games I just listed, he only has three assists and no goals, but he does have 22 points through 21 games. You know, like, there, there's a decent amount of upside here for Tuck playing on that first line. Um, how did they do today? Uh, they um, lost 4-2 to to Dallas, and let's see what Tuck did. He did not do anything. He was a minus one and had one shot on goal. So, like, these are going to be those nights, you know. Playing along Thompson, playing along Skinner, like, you know, those guys got production. Thompson had a goal and Skinner had an assist, but nothing left for Tuck here. Um, you're just going to have to deal with that, you know. He's 48% rostered. Chandler Stevenson is 56. I suppose I would drop Stevenson, but it's a tough situation because now they've they've uh, got him on the first line as a winger, uh, playing mm -hmm. alongside uh, Eichel and um, uh, Dodonov, and, you know, it's tough because the Golden Knights, they're a top five team in the league in total goals scored. Like they're top five. So he's got 14 goals, 27 assists through 50 games. That's 41 points through 50 games. Like it's it's really not bad. He has mm -hmm. 9.2 fantasy points per game across the last week. This one's really tough for me, but yeah, I guess I dropped Stevenson, but man, it's it's a real nail biter here. Um, I would hope whatever I'm picking up for him is at a clicking at a high rate. Um, right. because yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he could just turn it on and turn it off really any night and the minutes are there, you know, mm -hmm. he's played over 19 minutes in his last three games four out of four out of his last five, as a matter of fact, and a couple of those games have gone over 20 minutes. So there's a lot of opportunity there in a very good offense where you're not constantly playing from behind, you know, um, but only a plus four on the season, which is kind of interesting, kind of interesting. Close one. Yeah. I'll drop, uh, I'll drop Stevenson. Mm-hmm. All right, next one up here, we've got uh, Kevin Shattenkirk versus Samuel Girard. Who you got? Who's who's off the squad? You know, this is another tough one. You've got a guy like Girard who's on a solid Colorado team. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I think i got to go Shattenkirk on this one. I love his ice time. Um, oh, my. Yeah, against San Jose in the 22nd, he saw almost 30 minutes of ice time. And right. uh, he's managing to stay in the positives, which is a plus for him. Uh, getting a decent amount of blocks. And while uh, he has tallied zero points in his last five games and only has uh, three points in his last ten, he's still managing to stay positive, and he's getting the ice time. Um, mm -hmm. He's not someone that's going to help or hurt you, just kind of someone that's going to be there. Gerard, on the other hand, doesn't play as big of a role. Again, he's more of a top-four guy with guys like Taze and McCarr. So, yeah, give me mm -hmm. uh, Kevin Shattenkirk all day. So you're dropping Gerard. Yeah. Yeah, this was another really tough one, man. Like, neither guy has any points in their last eight games. Excuse me, Gerard has one mm -hmm. point in his last eight games. Shattenkirk has none. He's All of his production is coming from shots and blocks, shots and blocks. I mean, he's only a plus one on the season, so it's not in the mm -hmm. plus-minus column where you're getting production. You know, he's he's hurting you, helping you, hurting you, helping you. Sam Gerard, he's got five goals and 22 assists and is a plus five on the season. To me, the biggest difference here is those shots on goal. You know, Shattenkirk mm -hmm. has, you know, 104 to Gerard 62 across the season. Let's see, Shattenkirk has played in just three more games than him, so 40 shots, uh, you're not making that up in three games. Um, between the two, yeah, 
Right now, Shattenkirk is playing at a bit of a higher rate, 5.7 points across the last seven days, 4.94 across the last two weeks. Gerard, he's closer to three and a half or under three in the last week. So based off of that, I guess I'll go Shattenkirk you know, to keep and I'll drop Samuel Gerard. Um, but an- another very, very close one here. Um, you really just like the bottom of your barrel on, on defense. Both are 60% rostered, scoring right around the same amount of points. Uh, Shattenkirk was seven and 19. So that's 26, you know, to Gerard's 27, you know, very, very close here, very close. And you had mentioned the playing time. Gerard has only played one game in his last 11 under 20 minutes, pretty similar to, um, Shattenkirk, but Shattenkirk is getting like those, like, you know, 24, 25, 26, 29 minute mm-hmm. games. Gerard's not getting that, but he is also playing like very, very consistent minutes. He is, he's playing over 20 minutes in every game, getting upwards to 22, 23 some nights. Um, but just no real offense from either of these guys. Just not a lot to be desired here. Mm-hmm. I will go with um, Shankirk just by hair. All right, last one up here, and then we are going to get to the rest of our evenings. Uh, we've got a couple of goaltenders for the Ottawa Senators. Who is your flavor of the week, Anton Forsberg or Matt Murray? Who are you rolling with? Uh, before I even state my opinion, I'd like to point as fantasy advice. I would personally not touch any of these guys as they've got <laughs> the Lightning, the Panthers, the Coyotes, and the Knights in their next So drop game. all of them. <laughs> Basically. But if you had to pick one, I would go Matt Murray. Um, you know, he spent a little bit of time down uh, in the AHL after having a rough start. But ever since coming mm-hmm. back, he's been pretty solid. Uh and I really don't understand why they're not giving him more starts because when he is starting, he's uh, giving the Senators a chance to win in these some some of these hockey games. Uh, Forsberg's been the guy all year. Um, he's been fair to say the least. But uh, mm. I mean, with both of these guys, if uh, you really need a game or you really need those extra goalie points, yeah, I would definitely take Matt Murray over Forsberg. But you'd have to be in a really bad situation, especially what's coming up. <laughs> have to take any one of these guys because again right. tampa florida vegas come on no i hear you i hear you i'm gonna go, i'm gonna lean towards uh forsberg though i mean they're both bad i'm just gonna mm-hmm. go with the recency bias uh forsberg has won four of his last six starts and murray hasn't <laughs> he's, he's won mm-hmm. one of his last uh five is that right yeah one of his last five so i don't know sometimes i just go with the team that's playing uh playing better in front of their goalie or which which team is playing better in front of what, what goalie? And it looks like it's mm. Forsberg right now. Man. Both have very similar season-long numbers, but Forsberg is 11-8-2 to Matt Murray's 5-10-2. Mm. Matt Murray has the um, advantage on the goals against, 2.65 to 2.79, and has the save percentage advantage as well, 92-91%. to 91%, Very, very close. Mm-hmm. 91.917 to 9-2-0. So uh, I'm just going to lean towards Forsberg. Uh, both have put up saves. Both have allowed a lot of goals. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go with the value play in uh, an Anton. But yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. You should drop both those dudes and go pick up Scott Wedgwood and who do we say? JF Barube. Yeah, yeah. Go pick up those two. <laughs> drop both of those guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, what would you do between uh, Miko and Mike Smith if you had to drop one? Uh, I'd probably drop probably drop uh, Miko. I think Mike Smith is getting a lot more starts on the stretch and. Uh, it's a tough one, but uh, okay. I like Smith's play a little bit better. I don't think I think Mike Smith Edmonton, is just bad. So <laughs> I think all their goaltending just sucks in Edmonton. I think they just need a fresh start right. in there. You know, spin the wheel, get someone else in there. 
yeah, I don't know. That's that's uh, that's a tough scenario. Mm-hmm. All right, you got anything to close it down with, bud? Uh, yeah, check me out on Twitter. Face off with OZ. Talk about fantasy hockey, betting. Reach out with any questions, comments, concerns. And I would also like to point out, looking at uh, the standings going into next week, that uh, Justin is looking to move into third place. How, how are we looking? The bottom, uh, let's see. Well, you we need, need we need a couple of weird. Oh, Stanley's Cup taking care of business. That is correct. I am coming mm-hmm. up. Oh man, mm-hmm. I wasn't betting on that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in fifth and fourth and third, who are a game ahead of me. But I got mm-hmm. whipping our ass on points. Whipping that mm-hmm. ass on points. Um, yeah, I'm about to come up to third. That's what's up. Where I mm-hmm. should be. You know, like I know where I should be in this league this year, and it should be rock solid third place. That's so it, I'm not I'm I ain't afraid of saying that. Like the two teams ahead of me, you and this breadwinners team, you're better. It scored more points. Like I I, I get it. I mean, you and me are a little bit closer on the points, but I mean we're both far behind the other dude. Like, come on now. You know what I mean? Right. You're clearly a best team. And then there's clearly the next two guys, which are you, you know, are you and me. You know, I'm, I'm not trying yeah. to miss anybody here you know mm-hmm. laser robot of death or tom's <laughs> top shelf but you know i'm just saying you know like mm-hmm. you know, doing this for like a podcast and by <laughs> we have the most moves by like a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're by far the most active uh mm-hmm. even the team that's like the end all be all is like you know what 40 80 moves less than us or something like mm-hmm. that you know what i mean yeah like, mm-hmm. we we keep it real we keep it active so yeah, because yeah, you're awesome. at 349 this year, and I'm at 342. For, for moves. Oh, for the moves. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah I'm, oh, I'm ahead, baby. I'm ahead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All over I this year. I, I take poops and add players. That's what I do. You wake up, <laughs> and you go to the potty, and you just get to it. You just get to adding and dropping players. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's like daily, though, in a league like ours. Like, you have to be on it, on it, on it. So. All right, yeah, this was a, this was a good one. Um, talk to you guys next week. You can also find me on Twitter at T-I-T-T-H-J-B, and you can find the Sports Gambling Podcast Network at Gambling Podcast. Take care, be well, be good, and if you can't be good, be good at it. We'll see you.